The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Virginia's governor-elect, Republican Glenn Youngkin, will be getting help from four former governors, including one Democrat, as he prepares to take on that job. As Ben Pavier reports, Youngkin's transition team will be led by a former Treasury Department official who served in the Trump administration. Youngkin publicly kept his distance from former President Donald Trump in the final months of his campaign for governor. But his transition team will be led by Jeffrey Getman, a businessman who headed the Export-Import Bank under Trump. Kay Coles-James, president of the conservative Heritage Foundation think tank, will play a leading role as well. Also in the mix is Democrat Doug Wilder, the first black man to be elected governor in Virginia and the U.S., as well as three former GOP governors of the Commonwealth. Youngkin has vowed to cut taxes and overhaul public education, but he'll need the cooperation of Virginia's Senate, which Democrats still narrowly control. Ben Pavier, VPM News. One of the key jobs of the transition team will be helping Youngkin choose his cabinet, including positions like Secretary of Education. Political science professor Stephen Farnsworth with the University of Mary Washington says those announcements will be key to understanding how Youngkin will govern. Vagueness really worked for Youngkin as a candidate, but it won't be helpful to him as a governor. I think we're going to know relatively soon where uh, Youngkin is going to go when we start looking actually at the cabinet appointments. Youngkin met with current Governor Ralph Northam last week and has had phone calls with senior lawmakers in both parties. The Urban One Casino Project could be getting a second chance in Petersburg. After Richmond voters rejected the proposed casino in last week's referendum, some Petersburg officials have expressed interest in the project. According to NBC12, Mayor Sam Parham says he's already met with Radio 1 representatives to show off potential development sites. State Senator Joe Morrissey, who represents the city, says it would be a prime location for a casino. The governor and General Assembly still need to authorize a gaming license for the city. Then the project would go to voters for approval. The amphitheater at the Virginia War Memorial in Richmond was packed Thursday as people gathered to honor the Commonwealth's veterans and service members. Ian Stewart has more. Warm temperatures and partially cloudy skies served as the backdrop to the annual Veterans Day ceremony at the Virginia War Memorial. Veterans from all branches of the military were on hand, including 90-year-old Korean Army War veteran Winfred Clark Sr. I have two bronze stars, one battle, and I won 29 night combat patrols and lived to tell about it. Clark spent nine months in Korea and survived three major battles, including one called Pork Chop Hill. 251 my company went up that hill. 18 hours later, they pulled us off. 25 of us, we walked, we walked off. Kathleen Jabs, the state's acting secretary of Veterans and Defense Affairs, gave a special recognition to Virginia's National Guard for its current work in helping more than 10,000 Afghan refugees living on military bases in the state. These state agency teams have once again answered the call to public service. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Virginia Capitol Police detained two men near the event who got into an altercation over free speech issues. 
A regional food service distribution site will soon be built in Ashland, bringing 125 new jobs to the area. State officials say Performance Food Group Company is investing more than $80 million to set up an operation in Hanover County. Part of the project is constructing a 325,000-square-foot facility. Governor Ralph Northam said in a statement that the development will be instrumental in advancing supply chain management and logistics industries. Virginia competed with Pennsylvania and North Carolina for the project. A reunion between tobacco giant Altria and its former subsidiary Philip Morris is no longer in the works. At a summit earlier this week, the CEO of Philip Morris International announced the deal was over, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. The company was spun off as an independent in 2008. A potential merger previously fell through in 2019 amid declining tobacco sales. Altria still operates Philip Morris USA and other subsidiaries within the United States. When reached for comment by the newspaper, Altria officials said they do not comment on speculations about mergers and acquisitions. While state elections have wrapped up in Virginia, campaign season is just around the corner for the members of Congress. Representative Abigail Spanberger will be running for her third term in Virginia's 7th District. VPM News' Ben Pavier caught up with her yesterday. I want to start off with last week's elections. Um, Democrats lost not only the governor's race, but appear to have given up control of the House of Delegates. What, in your view, went wrong? Well, I, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it was a disappointing day for Democrats across Virginia. There's just, <laughs> you got to look forward, think about what went wrong and, and move forward from there. I mean, we're a year, a year out from the next election. I mean, surely you have at least some tentative thoughts about what can be learned from the last election in terms of your own race next year. There wasn't always um, a, a full understanding of the tremendous uh, work that the House of Delegates in particular and uh, the current Northam administration had been able to do. I think, you know, we could communicate better how much engagement there was between uh, the federal government, so folks in Congress who uh, we passed a variety, a number of different bills focused on COVID relief and then our COVID recovery, uh, and how we worked with our state partners. One thing that emerged in the election was this discussion of critical race theory in schools. And as you know, it's not on Virginia's K-12 curriculum, but it did appear to really motivate Republicans and some swing voters. And Republicans that I talked to thought, you know, discussion of systemic racism has gone too far and, and almost seemed to blame Democrats for that. How should Democrats be talking about race and civil rights in 2021 or 2022 even? I think openly and honestly, um, I am extraordinarily proud of our country. I think we are an extraordinary country with a, a, a deep and, and important past with real challenges and real bright spots and real dark spots um, in the way that we really celebrate the progress of our country and how we have been a leader in the world on a variety of issues um, is by, you know, talking about our history. Let's turn to the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill that just passed Congress. Um, I want to know if if someone, one of your constituents in the 7th District were to come up to you and ask, you know, what's in this bill for me and my family? What what would you tell them? Oh, I would say, do you do you drive on the roads? Do you ever cross a bridge? Do you use internet? Do you drink water that comes through our pipe system? It, the, the list goes on and on. Do you ever <laughs> purchase items that need to be shipped by a truck driver from point A to point B? Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing, the exciting thing about this bill is it will impact just our communities across the board. And in some cases, it'll be very visible in terms of shovels in the ground and 
you know, construction and, and repairs to roads and bridges. And, and I'll ask that same question for the other $1.7 trillion package Democrats are currently negotiating and debating at the moment. Um, if your constituents were to come up to you and say, how does this help my family? What, what would you tell them? Um, I would say, you know, do you do you know someone with children under the age of 18 or do you know someone uh, who is diabetic uh, is kind of the, the very basic direct pieces. You know, some of the major components of this um, piece of legislation is extending the refundability of the child tax credit, which has um, just been really beneficial uh, for so many families across Virginia. Okay, that's all the time we have today. Representative Spanberger, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. It was good to talk to you. This interview has been edited for length and clarity. For an extended version of Ben Pavier's conversation with Representative Abigail Spanberger, head to vpm.org news. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. This newscast was recorded on Thursday, November 11th, 2021 at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at myvpm. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.